This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the May 31st edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to break down and recap game one. We'll talk some adjustments, talk some injuries. We saw DeMarcus Cousins return yesterday. Iguodala hurt himself again. Uh, looks like he's going to be okay. We'll talk about that. Uh, and the Pascal Siakam coming out party to the casual fans. Uh, with me to do so is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? Uh, just still sifting through that game, man. As you pointed out, there a lot went on. Siakam's uh, breakout on the national stage with 32 points. I think he's one of what a half dozen players maybe to score 30 or more in their finals debut. It was yeah, yeah. He also was one of four players for players in their first three seasons. Uh, it was Kareem, Hakeem, and somebody else to score 30 plus. Unbelievable. Uh, it was like another legend, Tim Duncan. Like, oh yeah, to drop thirty to drop thirty plus in game one for uh, in your first three years, so it was just an epic performance, man. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Let's start there. Let's start there. Um, so again, he had, had a uh, playoff career high, had five assists as well. Just he was really, um, you would almost say he was the focal point. Uh, Kawhi was passing out a yeah. little bit more than usual. We'll talk about him in a second. But yeah, what were your impressions? I mean, uh, he had Draymond on him a lot, and he, oh, yeah. he dumped him. Um, Draymond guarded him for 47 possessions, uh, and then Siakam scored 16 points in that time, which is good for against Draymond. Um, really good. And Draymond himself, like he almost basically admitted, like, oh yeah, I kind of slept on him. Um, oh yeah. So yep. yeah, it's it's gonna be. So I guess just short term for Siakam, I don't think he can repeat this performance, um, just because I mean he made 11 straight shots in a row, so <laughs> that's not gonna happen again. So um, I guess expectations short term, and then. Uh, it, does Draymond really kind of focus on him now, and they rather have Clay and Iguodala be keyed in more on Kawhi? Is that the strategy you're thinking? I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I guess it kind of has to. And mm-hmm. as you pointed out, Draymond in his post game availability said explicitly that he needs to. I think it was quote take him out of the series. Mm-hmm. So when you when you've got a perennial Defensive Player of the Year type guy saying that he's going to lock into you. <laughs> you know, it's got to be a little bit scary for Siakam, but man, he doesn't seem to ever hurry. He's kind of got that, that Kawhi gene. He's always, he doesn't seem to lose his cool, just plays within himself. Uh, Nick Nurse pointed that out a couple times, just got to his spots, wasn't rushing his action, um, and it paid off. As you said, 11 straight buckets, was it? And yeah. he had that wild running hook shot over two guys that he banked in. <laughs> Uh, he also made 10 of his 12 contested shot attempts. So these weren't all gimmies, although he did get quite a, a few uh, transition buckets. I think uh, Kyle Lowry found him six times on assists. So there was real good connection there. Um, I do, th- I mean, what else can the Warriors do if if Durant isn't back for game two? They pretty much have to put Dre on them. He is, just before we recorded, he is out for game two. And then Andre Iguodala, yeah. um, who pulled up lame with about two three minutes left in the fourth uh checked out um he his mri is clean so it sounds like he's gonna play um they have two days off and I, just kind of guessing here 
But based mm-hmm. on Iguodala's comments from the last time he missed Game Four against the Blazers, I felt like one more day would have got him right. So having two, I think it's like basically the same thing. So like he should be all right. He has to play huge. Um, they put Kawhi on him a whole lot, but um, just not. I think that probably the big like we always talk about like oh the Warriors are so great without Durant, but I've said this before. Like what really hurts is you're, you're talking about forty minutes getting filled with like they basically traded away all their depth for Durant. And now they don't have Durant. So, I mean, that's why they're going to Jarebko, McKinney, Quinn Cook, uh, Livingston. Livingston went pretty well at times. Yesterday had a big block. But, a little, I mean, just a that. Little, yeah, twist of the knife with Patrick McCall hitting that yeah, three against them, too, when you talk about shot. their lack of depth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like that lineup that they roll out there to start the second quarter, what, Quinn Cook, Clay, Livingston, Jarebko and Cousins. So Cousins' main role was like fill the non-Steph minutes. I think seven of his eight minutes were with that lineup mm. I just mentioned. And like they actually did okay with that group, but like you really wish you had some some more punch there. And I thought that was a takeaway too. Like Quinn Cook's not a great ball handler. Livingston really isn't anymore either. I feel like you should maybe stagger uh, Iguodala in that spot instead. I'd rather have Iguodala handling the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah. Maybe put maybe pair Clay. And Steph a little bit more, but but as you said, it's a conundrum because without Durant, they they yeah. kind of want to mirror Iguodala with Kawhi as yeah. much as they can. So yeah, you know, it complicates as you said what might be the ideal strategy, which would be to stagger. Yeah, and maybe put Clay more on him, depending on how fresh Iguodala looks. But I thought yeah. Iguodala, I mean Kawhi got locked down for the most part. He was what five of fourteen from the field. Yeah, um, and I've said this before too. Like the Warriors have. Three, maybe three of the top ten, like lockdown defenders at times with Iguodala, Clay, and Draymond. So, like, they're they're equipped to shut down Kawhi potentially. So, and then also the, the other big news was um, Woj have reported that he still has some tendonitis. Uh, he didn't look right too. So, good mm-hmm. news is it's spaced out the two days off, pretty much every time. So, um, do you do you see Kawhi? Getting, and he was still ten of twelve from the line to really boost up his shooting, or scoring, excuse me, to twenty three points. For sure. So, like, do you see him being the 30-kind-of-point-per-game guy we've been seeing really up until now? I don't know that he can be. Um, I'm totally with you. I mean, if you watch him play, he seems to lack a little bit of explosion. Like, when the moment calls for it, he can still turn on the Jets, but he just doesn't look quite right. Uh, he was effective from downtown. You mentioned the free-throw shooting. That was huge. And between the Golden State Warriors lockdown individual defenders, and they were just throwing waves of guys at mm. Kawhi, uh, but he's good enough to make them pay for that. So that's what makes it even more critical that Danny Green finally found his three-pointers and got them to drop. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's been on fire lately. You need a guy, like maybe next game Norman Powell hits some or even Pat McCall. Like they, they need those secondary players. And sure enough, Kawhi had five secondary assists last night. So that's enormous. He also had five direct assists. So that's a lot of points generated for teammates. And as long as Toronto can keep that up, now they benefited from some lazier, non-existent rotations. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a thirty-point player. But as we saw in Game One, maybe he doesn't need to be. Yeah, and that's fine. Like you said, um, and again, his passing has really improved. He had that career-high nine in what Game Five, the one in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been much better there. He had I think forty-six passes per game uh, passes last night. That's pretty good for him. So definitely more distribution going on from him, but. Yeah, and I, I still think they're going to be able to keep him in check just because they're, they're built the right way. Uh, I guess sticking with the Raptors, Marcus is terrific. Uh, he scored 14 points in the first half. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty good series. He did foul out. Uh, he was in foul trouble. 
picked up his fourth foul, I think with like eight or nine minutes left in the third quarter, cut him down a little bit. Um, you and I had talked about this. I, I, I think Serge is going to kind of get run off the floor. Mm. Yeah, and I think that I thought that was the case. Like I think they want to get Gasol to like thirty two, thirty three. You really can't get you can't really run the Gasol Ibaka lineups that we saw them really run in the last two series against the Bucks and against more so against the Seventy Sixers. But um, so how do you see the minutes shaking out? Do you think Gasol is going to be this good? I mean, he was he hit two really big threes. Uh, he was great on the inside. Got to the line six times, made all of them. Uh, no turnovers as well. So uh, really, one of a great game from him. Yeah, he was, as you said, terrific. Hit his three-pointers. Uh, the Warriors dared him to shoot a couple early, and that, that really got him going. When he did get switches onto smaller guys, he took them into the paint, and his teammates found him. Very effective game. Obviously, he's a great passer, so when the ball goes to him, it doesn't stick. And defensively, he was really impressive, too. He had some really disruptive traps. We saw him uh, basically create a couple turnovers, and yet he was able to recover enough that he wasn't giving up a layup line on the back end. So... Yeah, it was really impressive. Um, to your point about Serge getting run off the court, I I expected the Warriors to try to play more Dre at center and just kind of force Gasol, you know, force the action to, to be small, in which case Gasol might be a liability. Yeah. You didn't see a lot of that, and I think it, it goes back to what you said about the lack of depth without Durant. Not lack of depth, they have plenty of capable guys, but it just it really fundamentally changes what they can do. Depth at three and four. Like that's yeah. Like they're yeah, so yeah, they have to run out Livingston to three, which they don't like to do, and they have to play Dre at the four. Just fill just because they have to have him at the four. Like because Durant is he may be a small forward in the starting lineup, but he plays a ton of four. Yeah, um, when they right. kind of go deeper in the game, so that's a huge miss. Uh, and there's just nobody behind him. I mean, you just look at like, and I forget who said this, but someone was like, "Do you run a Hamptons five style lineup with?" McKinney out there. McKinney. And yeah, I thought he's that was a good, Yeah, I thought that might not be a bad idea. Um, yeah. A little revenge game factor, too. So, um, I guess let's talk about uh, anything else. Playoffs, Danny Green. I think he shoot like 50% from three <laughs> uh, in the finals, something like that. But he was big, too, man. And then, obviously, Fred Van Vliet, he was just, again, stellar. Uh, and that lineup was yeah. really the difference. Uh, the Lowry, Gasol, Kawhi, Siakam, Van Vliet lineup in seven minutes was plus 31.3. Um, so that was really what made the difference in this game to pull away. But um, and then again, Van Vliet, just like he did in the regular season, he was good on Steph. Uh, mm-hmm. He held Steph to uh, four points on thirty-three possessions. So that's excellent. And um, yeah, so Van Vliet, it's it's pretty much they have they have the depth in the right spots, and they can afford to go small too. So we'll talk about the Warriors adjustments in a second. But um, what do you think about Green and Van Vliet? We saw uh, Norman Powell basically got the boot. Um, mm-hmm. They almost went with a seven-man rotation with the occasional McCominance as well. Yeah, Powell just kind of flopped out of the gate, and then yeah. the Raptors were playing well enough. He never got back in it. Uh, I'm with you. I think Danny Green, yes, he's struggled, but he's a guy I'm very comfortable. If he's getting good looks in the corner, which is basically where all of his shots are coming from, I'll live with that all day. Uh, and we saw him, you know, he hit three of seven in game one, and he plays really good defense. I think he's... He should be averaging about 30, 30 a game. You think so? Uh, yeah, it's going to be super. I think they're going to stick with that. So it'll be you know Gasol and Serge at the center spot, and then just those uh, those with Van Vliet just soaking up so much of the rest of the bench minutes. Pretty yeah. much, like I feel like they may have to go that way. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, that de- his defense on Steph, as you pointed out, is critical. Yeah, because that that allows them. You know, Kyle Lowry is undersized, but he's strong and savvy enough. They can get away with keeping both of them on the court, which they did for the entirety of Game Six versus Milwaukee. And they probably would have run Van Vliet and Lowry for the entirety of the fourth quarter of Game One, uh, but Lowry was in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep an eye on. Can they get away with being so undersized in the backcourt? Because it has decisive advantages especially on offense yeah uh and then what else was i gonna say uh and then the, the gasol and you mentioned it earlier the gasol and van vliet traps i thought were huge um, mm-hmm. to really limit stuff to kind of get him from he was pretty much i don't know i forget what the exact breakdown of his scoring was but it was he didn't really have that like oh boy like the you know 10 points in three four minute stretches yeah so they, they kind of kept him in check but um anything else raptors wise no, just on that point, and maybe we could transition to the Warriors, is that a lot of those little moments that the Warriors tend to have, those breakout runs, never materialized. They did have a couple, you know, wide-open moments where they scored five real quick. A lot of that just came off offensive rebounds, not half-court sets or anything like that. So maybe that's an area Golden State can try to build on that advantage of grabbing offensive boards. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm with you on the whole, you made it start Draymond, dude. Like I think the I think they want to start Cousins, who again only played yeah. eight minutes and seven of those were basically with the second unit. So like they didn't really go with much Draymond at the five. Um, the only he had like I think the most used lineup was like one minute. Other than that, it was yeah. with all like Looney, Looney. Or Bell or all that. Yeah, it's, if I'm looking at that right, yeah, it was zero minutes, um, <laughs> just with next to Jarepko for a hot minute. Yep. So that that seems like the plan. Um, just really spread them out. Um, they passed well yesterday. They had an 85% assist rate. That's the highest in the playoffs this year, um, mm. assist percentage. Um, I think they had 56 potential assists uh, on only 34 makes. You know, they didn't shoot the ball that well if they're passing. So um, definitely room for improvement here. But, yeah, I think they have to roll Dre at the five more, man. Like, even if that means to put um, Iguodala on Siakam or something at times, that's probably Ian McKinney even who has some length. Um, that is risky, though, of course. But um, yeah. or do you just start Looney? Like, I feel like they're comfortable there. That lineup didn't do very well, though. It's possible they start Looney, but I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if they do just what you said and go a little smaller, try to get Dre more minutes at center, um, and just be a little more disruptive, a little quicker defensively. Because, yeah, I don't think starting Jordan Bell didn't really work out. I don't think you can throw Cousins out there, even though... Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think he started every single game he played in during the regular season. I think that's right, yeah. And, you know, he play, came off the bench, so it's an unusual role. But can he physically play more than 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes, tops? I don't I don't know. He sure looked rusty. couple nice passes. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's still a great talent, but I don't know that you want to throw him into the starting role in the finals if he's only going to play 10 minutes. Yeah, he wasn't really bold. Like, when Boogie's at his best, it's like his face-up, one-two dribble, under the basket, and finish. He wasn't really doing that. Yeah, um, nope. his, pa- his passing was great, though. Uh, was. I thought he hit some open guys extremely well. So you need that extra passing against his team. Uh, and then um, really the big story for the last series was the Raptors holding the Bucks to 84 points per 100 possessions in half court. That's exactly what happened last yeah. night, to 84 points per 100 uh, per cleaning the glass. So Very impressive. Um, yeah, they re- to lock them down. And the Warriors are always at like 100 points per possession in half court. Uh, they were 103 
last during the season, which is tops in the NBA by a pretty good margin. Mm. So um, yeah, so I guess if you're looking for DFS, I mean, are we are we serious about this McKinney thing? Like, I feel like he has more minutes. Jerebko's got to go, dude. Like, I feel like McKinney should just absorb all those minutes. Um, I don't know how I feel about Living Synth. I think he's not a kind of player where you want to give him twenty. Uh, and then yeah, even too, like McKinney may cut into Iguodala's minutes a little bit. They probably can't play him. I mean, he would have played if he didn't get hurt. He would have played thirty-one again, which is what he played in games two and three. Uh, against the Blazers, or excuse me, I'm sorry, one and two before he got hurt in Game Three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the adjustment. It's kind of goes smaller. Remember and I am with out. you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Alfonso McKinney for <laughs> just a pure gamble type guy. Yeah. I'd, I'd take him over Norman Powell. I, you know, I I think the opportunity is there for his role to get bigger, and even if he just knocks down some threes, gets a couple boards, and maybe a steal or two, that's going to hit value because he's rock bottom. Yep. Uh, so we like him. What other adjustments did you make here? And do you think you would? Because Curry said he wasn't going to play Cousins big minutes. And he wanted to see how he looked, but you know it wasn't very impressive. Um, no, two more and, days off though. So yeah, the, there's also I mean the Warriors stress from Steve Kerr to Draymond Green to Clay Thompson all the way down the line. They said we need to limit our turnovers and prevent them from getting out in transition. Demarcus Cousins doesn't check either of those boxes. Frankly, mm-hmm. I mean he's going to turn the ball over. And he's not going to get back and stop teams in transition. So, yeah, I don't see more minutes for, for Boogie as the answer here, for sure. I think I still think I'd probably, unless you do the Draymond thing, I I don't hate starting Cousins. Put a big body on Gasol, maybe work him down there, tire him out a little bit. Because obviously Jordan Bell is not exactly an offensive threat. You know, much yeah, I love Jordan fair. Bell. So I, I don't think that's a bad plan. I just think that, and Bell wasn't bad. I think they were like minus two or something. Um, in ten minutes or whatever, like it wasn't that yeah. lineup didn't get smashed on. Um, so I don't know. I, there's a lot of ways to go, but I, I definitely think going small is the way to go. Yeah, especially if Draymond is being asked to do even more defensively, if he's going to have to lock into Pascal while also yeah. being their their primary help defender. I don't know what what more he can do offensively. Shit. He was super involved. He had 99 touches, which led any player for either team. 80 passes. He nearly doubled the sec- the second highest player for Golden State. Steph had 45 to to Dre's 80. Uh, he led the team in box outs, led the team in deflections, contested two point shots, and of course rebounds and assists. So the guy is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just to put that 80 in perspective, Nikola yeah. Jokic led the NBA at 70 passes per game during the season. Although yeah, although Dre did play a lot of minutes, but still, that's a ton of passes. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's just Dre's so good. Like he's yeah. Him and Steph are just doing, and Clay Clay has to be better. Uh, and then Clay not really, and like Clay, he tried to do a lot of like dribbling at times, like he because Steph kept getting trapped, and like Clay's not really a drive past you kind of player. So um, yeah. And he had a lot, a lot of two pointers. He had 11, 11 attempts from two. It was very unusual. So uh, they were really good on guarding Clay. Um, but yeah. yeah, and frankly, as, as you pointed out, if you're running out Igudala, not a shooter, they're going to sag off him. Jordan yeah, Bell. That air ball. <clears throat> he just, yeah. And a couple Jordan of really Bell, bad shots. Not a real threat. Draymond Green, they'll let him fire away. So that allows them to really just load up on Curry and Thompson. So maybe to your point, that's one more reason you could stick Boogie out there. Yep. And they were really doing, like, they were just kind of like giving them the weaker shooters space. So I mean, giving, yeah, like, living, oh, for as sure. much, like I said, I like Livingston, but he's not a shooter. Cook, you can't really play big minutes here. So I think I think it's pretty clear it's got to be McKinney who's got to play more. 
You think so? So it's going to be interesting. Um, anything else you want to talk about from this one? You want to just hit on DFS prices real quick or what? Yeah, we could do that. I'll yeah. say quickly that, that Iguodala, although he said his left calf is okay, uh, I'm still a little bit nervous about mm-hmm. that. You know, he's basically saying, ah, don't worry, it's just the bumps and bruises. Yeah. But when the injury occurred, it looked like he pulled something. I mean, he came up immediately and looked mm-hmm. upset, uh, played a, a possession, and then got out, got out of the game. So that's something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. He really called himself old the other. Like he's like, I'm getting really old <laughs> he? now. And he's yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. He's starting to recover as quickly. Yeah, he used to have a cr- like crazy knee issues back in the Sixers days, and that's really starting yeah. to catch up to him now. Um, I guess just kind of run this down. So yeah, I guess how do you compare um, Kawhi versus Curry? I- I'd probably prefer Curry in a pinch. Uh, for a I will with difference. with Durant out. Yes, I'll yeah. take Curry. Yep, I agree. Um, and then Draymond. Uh, I still like Draymond, even though he's expensive. Triple double yeah. last night, so I still like him. I don't really trust Clay. I never really, I've never really been a Clay guy. Nope, because yeah. unless he scores twenty eight points, he's probably not going to hit value for yeah. you. Yeah, uh, and then how do you feel? Do you feel we know Siakam will have a tough time matching that, but he's still pretty cheap price. I mean, he's you know what sixth or seventh uh, expensive guy, so he should be pretty good. I still like him at that price. I'm down with him. He's priced only a thousand more than Looney. And yeah. 500 less than Kyle Lowry, who scored, what, four points or something? Yeah. Um, seven points. But So, yeah, I'm, I'm down with Siakam there. Yep. Uh, I still I think Iguodala is still good at value at nine. Uh, and then, yeah, when we go to cheap guys, we like McKinney. Do we, I mean, I still probably take Danny Green uh, over McKinney, but if you're just looking for guys who are super cheap. I probably would just because you know the minutes are going to be there. Uh, I don't know. I I'm, I'm tempted to just swing for the fences with McKinney, but yeah, right. his up his upside really isn't that high. So. Yeah, for sure. He has to hit threes. Like he's he's basically is Danny Green. Yeah. <laughs> he has to hit like right. three threes. Um, they could do a little bit more. Andy's. Yeah. Do you do you think Norman Powell bounces back? Did the, did that seem like a so, fluke man. to you or yeah? Well, I just don't see where he's, if Green has been great and Van Vliet's been really good. So I mean, he's not going to take minutes yeah. from those three guys. He's not going to take minutes right. from Lowry. So I just don't see where he could get the minutes like he's just gonna yeah. go in where uh did he sub in for Kawhi? i think he just subbed in for Kawhi when Kawhi was on the bench right is that it i think so because that, that makes sense that it's 43 sounds and, right yeah. 43 and five, yeah yeah um any uh any interest do you think marcus hall could keep up his level of play well he's not, he, he's not first, super expensive yeah that first half is a little fluky i mean he scored 14 in the first half six in the second and again he was just so open um yeah. so i think that was part because they weren't really I guess it was almost like the reverse of what they went up against. In the last series, they went up against Alfred Camino, Mo Harkless, and sometimes Myers Leonard or whoever else. You know, and and his Cantor is like a total opposite for firepower yeah. in the front court. So it's just an adjustment. So I, I think he'll be a little bit more quiet. I still like him though, just because, like I said, I think he's going to get like thirty, thirty-two minutes. Yeah, um, I probably would have played him if this were a normal DFS slate, but with the one game where you don't even need specific positions there's yeah there's not too much incentive to target yeah, him for sure uh anything else and then, uh, i wanted to mention too um siakam like th- we've pretty much have said he's third round um like because he's even like so if Kawhi if Kawhi doesn't come back is it second round then oh if if Kawhi Next goes year. elsewhere in free agency yeah. uh I, you know, I put him right around top 30 Yeah, yeah if, if Kawhi's not there. So if you take him at the end of the second round, it 
seems like a bit of a reach, but I, you know, you can make a case for that. For sure, I mean, he's he's getting better too. Like he's really grown. Uh, he's not too, like his passing has just been better. His defense has been pretty good. Um, they'll need another ball handler, and I'm gonna dive. I'm gonna do a little more of a deep dive on that. Um, nice. just to make a case for Siakam, who's just been just growing with usage rate and everything. Just yeah, so doesn't good, hurt so. you anywhere either. Yeah, yes, I really like him. Um, but yeah, we know Kawhi. We're kind of avoiding him next year. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I guess we'll get out of here on that. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, nope, just right. ready. You know, I wish these games weren't spaced out so yeah, much, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting greedy. Yeah, nine o'clock start for you East Coast people. Yeah. Or it's rough. even for the home games, like that's rough. Nine o'clock start for the local time, it's rough. Yeah, but, Adam Silver might have something to say about that. We'll, yeah. we'll see. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy game two on Sunday, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. Thanks, Mike. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.